Welcome to Inner Bloom, a podcast about spirituality and intuitive empowerment where we help each other evolve and ascend through conscious community. I'm Alexa, a healer who utilizes EFT, also known as tapping, to help you process stuck emotions, release limiting beliefs, and reconnect with your inner child. I'm Ambrosia, a psychic medium and Arcturian channel, here to uplift and inspire you to see that you are capable of more than you know. Together, we empower people to live extraordinary lives. We do want to warn you, if you hang out with us long enough, you'll start to believe in yourself and realize that you're capable of anything. Enjoy Enjoy the the show. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back once again to Inner Bloom Podcast. I'm Alexa. And I'm Luann Khan, in for Ambrosia Matthews. Perfect. You nailed it. I told my mom to do that because I was like, (laughs) I just had this idea in the shower where you guys know I get all my best ideas. And um, my mom is uh, joining me today in place of Ambie because Ambie just has some things going on. It's the holidays. Um, My mom, I'm so grateful my mom is here, who has been a news reporter anchor investigative journalist for how many years was it well i had a 40 year career 40 years 40 years yes that is dang that is crazy (laughs) um so (laughs) so uh she turned on the the reporter voice for you guys for just like a hot minute thanks for that Uh, always in front of the microphone it's always the reporter voice we, you used to complain about it when you were little. You like would you say, would you stop talking to me in that that reporter voice? Well, no. I think what it was more, or what I remember more so was you would be talking to me and dad, right? Like just mom, and then all of a sudden, like the phone would ring, or we'd run into someone, and suddenly reporter Luann uh-huh. would just come over you. Which I think we all do that to some degree. We all kind of have a. Uh, me, same with me. I'm like kind of in a bad mood here in my apartment. And then I walk outside and I see somebody who I like and they're like, how are you? I'm like, oh my God, so good. How are you? You know? Yeah. But with you, it was like the reporter voice comes on and it really, I haven't heard it in a while. And yeah. it really, like you really, it's very melodic. Like, I don't know. It's very just, there's something that you've obviously learned to do in that career that it's just sounds exciting it like sounds reporter like yeah <clears throat> yeah i don't i don't know years and years of training habit but yeah i guess when we i don't know I, yeah it's just i i was never aware that i was turning that voice on but you were oh yeah it was totally unconscious of course but Well, that's what I'm saying. None of us ever are like, it's not like I do that intentionally when I walk outside and talk to somebody and just turn it on. I think we all do it to some degree, but I think for you, it's also playing into this public persona that people see you as, you know, and it's just very natural to like flow into that. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think you, and you've done, and you do it less now. Like in terms of turning on the reporter, you still have your public persona as we all do. But it's a different public persona. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. 
I don't know. It's 40 years of doing something, you start doing things you have no idea. It just yeah. becomes a part of you. Yeah. Exactly. But, if, but I do know if a, a mic is in front of me or we're recording something, there's something that goes click in my head like, okay, now we're recording something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tell them about um, the first, uh, when you were at camp and you won the contest and you got Oh, well, so even when I was a kid, um, I was fascinated with this idea of recording your voice um, or becoming a broadcaster. And I went to this overnight camp where they were building a new building and there was a contest to name the building. It's going to be a, a recreation center. And, but I didn't care about that, except that the winner of this contest got a microphone, got a microphone, a, a tape recorder with a microphone. Yeah. You know, it was one of those, you hit the buttons, the record play button, and it was a tape. And that was the latest technology. I guess we're talking about the 70s. Yeah. And it was like, oh my gosh, I could have my <laughs> own tape recorder and microphone. And so I was into it. And I, um, I named, the name was Barney's Ark because it was, uh, the name of the camp was Camp Barney Medans. Mm. And so I suggested Barney's Ark as the name. <laughs> of this center <laughs> and sure enough I won and it was like ooh, it was like it might as well have been like millions of dollars yeah. I was just hit the lottery I had my own tape recorder where I could record my voice all the time and what did you do with it then like did you oh gosh I don't I you know I, I do remember I used it for school projects because you know, back then, not every this was an expensive thing. It would it would have been like having your first iPhone or something. Yeah. You know, not everyone had a tape recorder, so we would do these class projects and record things. And we're like, we're recording stuff. Yeah. Um. You know, I was just constantly playing with it. Um, Did you ever do like local neighborhood news? Did you know you wanted to do news at that point? Uh -huh. Well, before, before I had a tape recorder, I did have my own little newspaper. Oh. Um, I think my parents had gotten me this little, there, was, there would be these little kits where you could print a newspaper. Oh my God, really? And so, um, How? I, you know, I can't remember. It was one of those things in the 70s that was like... Like make, an old printing like an, press? No, no. It was like, make your own newspaper kit. I think it had letters... You know, you inked. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. remember exactly how it worked, but I do remember that, um, I mean, I'm sure it lasted all of, you know, four weeks, but I collected news from people in the neighborhood or any little any little tidbit, you know, yeah. that, that I thought would be <laughs> interesting, and then I would deliver the newspaper. Like, uh... Like, what's an example? Like, someone's oh, cat is lost, or yeah, someone overheard. Someone's, someone's bike is missing, yeah. or, <laughs> y you know, or there was going to be uh, a softball game at the con residence. Right. Um, you know, that Saturday, at all welcome. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was maybe high school news. Yeah. Um, oh, we had want ads in it. You know, wanted. wanted want ads. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
That's really cute. I was always interested in the the written word, the verbal word, you know, all kinds of communication. But the newspaper thing, you know, my my grandfather, one of my grandfathers, worked at the Cincinnati Post. And when I was about 10 years old, he took me into the newspaper building. And I got to see all the presses and how they set the letters back in the day, you know, before all the automation came. And, you know, he used to come home every day with ink under his fingers. Yeah. He'd scrub and scrub trying to get it off because the newspaper ink would just come off on you. Um, <laughs> and that, but man, that just fascinated me that, oh, wow, he was working on something and the newspapers would go out to everybody. Everyone would read the stories. He was, uh, he was in the operations, you know, in right. terms of he was involved in getting the newspaper out not in writing it, but I remember he walked me through the newsroom and he introduced me to all the reporters and the editors and the people who set the ink and the letters and I was like, wow, this is cool. Yeah. And uh, and so that was when you knew you wanted to do, be involved in the news business? Um, I don't think, I mean, I decided, I, I think I was about 15 actually and it was really my dad's idea. The first female reporter showed up on TV when I was about 15 in Atlanta. Because I grew up in Atlanta. And the station was WSB. And this woman showed up on the air, and I'll never forget. <clears throat> Her name was B.B. Immerman. B.B. Immerman. B.B. Immerman. And I remember my dad pulled me into the living room and said, Look, there is a woman on TV. Her name is B.B. Immerman. Look at her. She gets, she gets to interview people and go places and do interesting things. And I was like, wow, that is just, that is, <laughs> that is the coolest. Um, so I think that's when I first got the idea. You like saw, it was like representation. You saw what you could be. I saw someone doing something I had never even thought about or imagined. But it involved all the things that I like to do, to write, to perform, to see new things, to experience new things. Yeah. And people get to see you. <laughs> I, I could use my great recording voice. And, you know, it was my, my mom has very, um, God, I forget. We looked at your chart before. I, you're a Scorpio sun, but I forget what your rising is because you have I think sometimes you have a lot of Leo energy very similar to Ambie where you you can, you're very comfortable in the spotlight you're very comfortable being seen it's not like I wish I was more comfortable in the spotlight like some people seem to just kind of it just seems to go with them you know but I'm the opposite yeah you definitely have you you definitely as a child were you definitely would <laughs> you were the kid who cried at your birthday party when people sang happy yeah. birthday and I'm like why are you crying yeah. everybody I still happy it's birthday. one of the most horrifying images in my <laughs> mind I feel like it's just all of these adults with like beers or iced tea or something in their hand and they're just like have like I see Dave Bentley's face in my head right now going happy birthday and his eyes like really wide and every, just kind of like one of those um like sitcom like nightmare scenes where you're just looking around in a circle and everybody is focused on you and 
Yeah, that's the thing. I really loved the idea of being seen. You know, I wanted to be an actress when I was little, and I really loved, you know, I remember when I decided that I was going to move to L.A., it was because I saw, um, I was probably 12 or something when I had decided that, quote, decided that. And I think it was because I saw Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen on, like, the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards, and they were up there, and everyone was screaming for them, and they were, like, receiving this award. And I just remember being like, they must have the coolest life in the world. That's what I want. I want to be them. And really what I want, you know, I think I also did like the idea of like ex- kind of having permission to express certain emotions, um, which is what an actor does. But when it comes down to it, I really didn't want people like looking at me. Even to this day, we talk about this on the podcast a lot. I kind of am always like a little uh, nervous of like, I don't know, just too many people paying attention, I guess to me um but anyway no it just what I'm saying is the whole reason I brought that up is because it's just something that I think I admire in people I admire when people can really allow themselves to shine and be in that spotlight and feel very comfortable with it and I think it makes other people feel comfortable too like we need people like that you know well, and you hear this, you know, it's it's funny because I could walk into a room where I don't know anyone and feel very shy mm-hmm. and not feel very outgoing or extroverted. Yeah. But if you gave me the microphone and put me on the stage, yeah. I'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. right? so, and I think you hear that often from actors or performers that they're more comfortable on the stage sometimes than in normal social life situations. social situations. So, yeah. yeah. I get that. But, yeah. It's because you know what to do when you're Right. You know that. what your role is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but some of it is just practice and exposure. and Yeah, and uh, life experience. Yeah. But I did. I, I always loved the performing, whether it was a choir or the school play. I remember and, I was really upset as a kid. <laughs> In the third grade, they had a Christmas play. And I wanted to be one of the ballerinas or one of the pretty princesses that they yeah. had. And they put me instead in this bear costume. I was one of the <laughs> dancing bears where your total face is covered. And oh, you're no. in, you're like in this full, little bear yeah. full mask and everything. I was so upset. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I have to be in there? I want to be a ballerina. No, I want to be the pretty me. princess. No, I got I got the bear costume. I remember being furious. And you're about like, that. I vow I will never let myself be the bear again. <laughs> yeah. We were dancing teddy bears, yes. Yeah. Um, that's funny. I, I didn't know that. I just think of you because there's you know, I have pictures of my mom as like Peter Pan in the play and you know, just looking like you're singing your little heart out. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Babyfoot. Babyfoot was originally created in Japan in 1997 as an easy and effective at-home treatment scientifically formulated with 16 natural extracts that exfoliate and moisturize at the same time while bringing the spa experience right into your home. Launched in the United States in 2012, Babyfoot quickly became a household name among foot exfoliant products. Babyfoot offers a selection of at-home foot care products that are quick and easy to use. Trusted internationally with over 25 million Babyfoot peels sold worldwide since 1997. That's 25 years. 
Babyfoot has seen great success in big box retailers, grocery stores, and natural food markets, health nutrition, fitness studios, boutiques, gift shops, spas, salons, online stores, and in the medical industry, aka sports medicine, oncologists, podiatrists, dermatologists, and plastic surgeons, making Babyfoot the leading and most trusted brand nationwide for the healthiest, smoothest feet. The most innovative total foot care package this gentle process leaves skin undamaged while removing the dead skin revealing the fresh healthy layer beneath like a baby's foot simple effective and effortless if you'd like to try out baby foot you can go to babyfoot.com and get 20% off your purchase when you use the code innerbloom20. That's I-N-N-E-R-B-L-O-O-M 20 in all caps, and you will get 20% off your purchase. Enjoy. Also, you know what's really funny about uh, this conversation is that we initially intended this podcast to be about thanksgiving but it's, well, we should talk about no no I, no 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 because no, 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 i think this is like going down an interesting path i wanted to ask you a little bit more about like some of the experiences you've had um and i also wanted to go back to something you said about um you know you didn't even know that this role existed right like but it combined all the being a news reporter but it combined all these things that you knew you loved. And it's funny because I saw a TikTok of one of my favorite creators um, the other day, and she was talking about how she kind of blew up and uh, has had this incredible year. And she was talking about how people always ask, like, how did you, you know, like, what what's your advice? And she's like, well, you know, a year ago, I didn't even really understand this job exists, what I'm doing right now. Or definitely 10 years ago, I had no idea this was a thing. It wasn't a thing. Right. She's like, so if you don't know what you want to do right now or you kind of feel like you haven't found your thing, don't worry, because in five years, 10 years, 15 years, however long, there could be something that doesn't even exist right now that you're perfect for. That's going to bring all these elements together like that's kind of the world we're living in now. And I think it's really cool to hear that all the way back then, that that wasn't even a concept of like being a news reporter for a woman, you know. Oh. Yeah, in fact, I remember being really upset that, you know, in high school, they give you these tests. Yeah. Uh, to oh, determine. See. Keep talking. Yeah. To determine what you should be, kind mm-hmm. of a personality, career test yep. thing. And they told me that I should be a social worker or a teacher. Now, my dad was a social worker, and I absolutely did not want to do that. So I remember telling the high school guidance counselor that, I'm sorry, I'm going to be a TV news reporter. <laughs> and he, I remember his look and like, yes, but the test says that is not where your skills lie. Yeah. That is not, <laughs> that's not what you should be doing. You're going to, you would be a great teacher or social worker. Everything on this test points to that. And I said, I'll be a teacher as a reporter. I'll, I'll teach as a reporter. Um, but of course the funny thing is life has uh, come back around. Oh, I think yeah. my dad and that, school counselor would have the last laugh because now I coach students which is kind of it's career coaching yeah and teaching yeah and helping that next generation go do what I did uh and I absolutely love it I feel so at home in that role (laughs) but um so I guess that was always there but even so 
when you think about TV news reporting, the industry was brand new in the 70s. We barely had just figured out how to, you know, do newscasts. Yeah. Or, or, and newscasts were just figuring it. It was a public service. It barely made any money. They hadn't figured that out, how to, um, you know, do commercials. It. Monetize it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's interesting. The same thing is happening today, like you say, in, in certain industries the jobs actually all of it you're right so much is being created the way we communicate the way we teach the way we educate the way we um, live our lives is changing so dramatically and we always tell our students right now that the jobs you'll be doing are probably not the jobs that exist right now right um, I mean we're we're trying to figure out what they are, what those jobs are. Even eight years ago, I started at Temple University, and social media was still not a job. That was just eight years ago. Influencer, social media, and just barely. Yeah. Oh, and now. Remember when I... That's a job. Remember when I was kind of a social media person back in, like, 2012, and... Or before that, 2010, when you were doing your year first. Yeah. And people are like, what's social? Like, that was a new term that was very new, like, on the right. And didn't no one. And it was more like a hobby than a. Yeah. What was considered kind of. Well, it was a new form of marketing that people didn't really know what are the. What do you do with that? Yeah. And, like, what are the possibilities? And, like, how far can it really go? And, like, yeah. But, okay. So. Let's, I want to hear about some of the things you experienced as a news reporter, because I mean, I feel like you've had a lot of very interesting experiences. So I have some, I I have some stories of yours in my head, but maybe to wrap this back around to Thanksgiving for a second, do you remember any crazy stories happening around Thanksgiving or on Thanksgiving? Um, well, I keep thinking about the Mummers parade, but that's really New Year's. The Thanksgiving parades, I have to tell you, that was my least favorite thing to do, parades. Man, standing out in the cold, everybody's out there, and you're out there for hours and hours watching this parade. And I used to say, please get me off this parade beat, the Thanksgiving parade beat. Thanksgiving, though, the, the thing about being a news reporter, and it's true, today is that everybody works you know almost everybody has to work you've got to be the most senior person in the newsroom to have Thanksgiving off yeah so then nobody could go home to their families wherever they were and most of us are all trans would be transplanted you know we moved to Philadelphia without any family and most people came for the job not family so we would have this orphans dinner yeah um, I think we call it Friendsgiving now. Well, yes, you call it Friendsgiving. We used to call it Orphan's Dinner. <laughs> and um, all the people who were mostly single, who had just moved to Philadelphia, who were in the newsroom, we would open, we would have a dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, which, <laughs> so sometimes your dad, who was a news photographer, he was working. And as I got more seniority, I might not have to work. So I made the dinner, and then he would come in, 
with everybody else after they got off their shift all day. Yeah. Um, and we just keep the, yeah. And then, I mean, that led to a very dramatic Thanksgiving yeah, one year. Yeah, I was going to say, so let's tell that story because when we think of, when I think of Thanksgiving stories, that's the one that I think of where. Yes. Well, so it was one of those Thanksgiving work, Thanksgivings where I actually did get the day off, which was incredible. <laughs> and, and, I, and and how old was I at this point? I was like 13, 12. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Yeah. And we had a bunch of people coming over after work, mm -hmm. some friends. Your dad was working during the day, and then he was going to slide on in after doing the 6 o'clock news or something, you know, for mm -hmm. that turkey meal, right? But he usually, like, from what I remember, I'm pretty sure he was there on, on Thanksgiving because I know he always was cooking his famous sweet potato. Well, that's the thing. No, this is what happened. Okay. He wasn't. Well, he wasn't there that day, but before that, every Thanksgiving, he... Oh, no, he No, wasn't. no, this happened... At, that that tradition happened after this incident. That's how that tradition okay. started. So okay. this was the sweet potato casserole debacle. Um, that particular Thanksgiving, I decided to make a Martha Stewart <laughs> gourmet shredded sweet potato pineapple casserole that did not include marshmallows also. I think it had some nuts in it, You too. put pineapple in it. Oh, my God. So, well, what I remember of it the most was the shreddedness. And yeah. Imagine shredded. You know how, like, when you sh um, peel a carrot, like, that thin? It was that consistency. Yes, it was just like that. So <laughs> we're all sitting at the dinner table, and we're all gathered, and your dad comes in, and he puts down his gear and takes off his heavy, you know, it was cold out, and he sits at the head of the table, and he's like, where's the sweet potato casserole? And we pass it to him. And he <laughs> has a complete meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> and at first we all laugh because we're like, okay, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I decided to experiment with the sweet potato casserole. And he's like, no, this <laughs> yeah. is, this is unacceptable. I'm like, you didn't even try it. You know, he's no. He's looking at it like he's you, so disgusted. He's he, so he's, disappointed. And, and. At first, like I said, everybody was laughing, going like, come yeah. on, Phil, shake it off. Yeah, this is yeah. A, just a different thing. <laughs> yeah, so you can laugh. Oh, yeah, Edver is uh, on my mom's lap right now, sleeping through this And podcast. he's listening. Anyway, then he was serious. He's like, I can't believe you did this to the sweet potato yeah. casserole. <laughs> this, is, this is not acceptable. I can't believe you do this all the time. You experiment, you try things, you can't do this. Where I want the sweet potatoes with the marshmallows. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it was like people got up from the table and slamming things. It was, yeah. it was he not. He was very, very upset. I remember I was just dying laughing. Oh, it was something time. like, I have looked forward to this all day and you destroyed yeah, it. you ruined it. You ruined Thanksgiving. <laughs> and it was just like, wow. <laughs> and that's when I realized, man, there are some things... Yeah, you, you should just never do not mess, mess with. with. And so from then on, that's why I never you don't touch it. <laughs> I do not touch the sweet potato casserole. <laughs> if anyone messes with the recipe, it is your dad. Yeah, he's the only one who is allowed to make the sweet potato casserole because yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
Yeah. <laughs> I remember that being a very dramatic Thanksgiving. And yeah, it was very awkward for all of us. I think that's when her Thanksgiving started dwindling down people. Yeah, because after that, maybe people said, you know, we're going to skip. You know, the, uh, I'm not feeling a lot of thanks in this household. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's been a lot of. Yeah. The food is. Well, now that we're telling the story, I'm pretty sure this is where I get my like particularity uh, with food because there's some things that like when I want something a certain way or or if like for example I get like I go to a restaurant and I become in love with one or I fall in love with one of the items there as I tend to do I usually like fall in love with places because I fall in love with the particular thing they serve there if I go there like three times and it's like incredible and I love it and then I go another time and they slightly change it I'm so disappointed. I'm so disheartened. I'm so, I, I just want the exact thing that I expect. So maybe I get that from dad. You might. I mean, you should have seen his face today when I told him I was pouring champagne on this <laughs> the year's turkey. turkey. Um, and he's like, I can't believe you're messing with the turkey. I can't believe you're, you know, what, did you ever make this recipe before? I, I, I You're you, doing you know, it like, again. What? You're doing it again. I'm like, and I said, if you want to make the Thanksgiving turkey, please go ahead. But this is the recipe I've chosen, and this is what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he did marry me with yeah. all my uh, <laughs> eccentricities. Is oh, I tell my husband that every day. Same thing. Yeah. This is my, this is what you got, you yeah. know. So if Gotta you work didn't want it. that uh, everyday new adventure, yeah. uh, got the wrong person. Yeah. Yeah, it's a was a weird choice, if that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, uh, but, you know, I do respect certain things, and the Thanksgiving sweet potato casserole is wonderful. Yep, absolutely. I don't touch it. Sweet potato casserole is a uh, church. Yeah. Um, so what are you thankful for this year? Well, I'm thankful for this little bundle just looking at me right now, this little ever. He is the sweetest. I am so grateful. Our little family is expanding, and being uh, a grandma is, is just... Being a Lulu. Lulu. I'm going to be... I'm being called Lulu. I hope you like that ever. Lulu. I think, I think that'll be really fun for him to say. Yeah. It suits you. Yeah, so this is all new. I just, I don't know. It's kind of like falling in love again. Yeah, legit. I just, like, I walk out of the room and I walk back in and my mom's just staring at him with just this goofy smile on her face. And he's smiling at her. And, I mean, I know the feeling, too, because I, like, look at him like that all day. And I, you know, but... It's crazy how, like, a baby brings that into the world. It kind of makes me sad that, like, why don't we retain some of this? Like, why, when we look at other people, why, when you're not a baby anymore, or you're not a little kid anymore, do we all just be like, you know, it's like, I guess because we're all adults dealing with the real world and we're not, you know, so innocent anymore. But kind of makes me sad. Well, all I can say is I used to look at people who are grandmothers or grandparents and go, let me show you pictures of my grandchild. I, my eyes yeah. would roll back in, yeah. in my head like, no. Yeah. 
And then I found myself on a plane next to a grandmother, a stranger, who somehow we started talking. And the next thing you know, she's pulling out her phone and showing me pictures. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, let me show you yeah. these <laughs> pictures. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I have become that person. Yeah. You can't help I am it. that grandma. I am that person who's going to show you umpteen pictures. Yeah. It's like, yeah. who has inhabited my brain? I think it's my... just like, what do you think that is that we, we do that? It's like, well, it's like, what do you think biologically that is? Like, it. We. Uh... Do you, think sure it, do you think it has to do a, with, like, mating, or like, future yeah. mating or something? Like well, that? biology, I mean, there has to be something in our DNA that makes us want to protect this new life beyond... But showing, know, showing well, is also, protecting? It, it, it also is... I think it's kind of part of that is this is my, this is my child. This is my grandchild. Mm -hmm. This is my, yeah. um, there's, it's, I think it's like, look at how strong my genes are. Yeah. Is it like that? Maybe. I'm, I think it's because like, when you look at your baby you're so, or your grandbaby, you're so in love with them. Biologically, you're also wired to just be in love and to literally believe yeah. they are the cutest thing that has ever yes. come to well, be. Well, I think it's all related to that. You have to be because you have to protect this life. You, yeah. you, you know, in nature, uh, parents, adult, you know, parents will die to protect yeah. their child. Yeah. And you have to, that has to be embedded in your DNA. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what we feel somehow. That's part of us. Yep. Yep. I agree. I feel that strongly. Like I would do anything. I would do anything for you. Yeah. But as a grandparent, you don't know. You don't know how you're going to feel. How do you feel that strong, as strong a love as you did do for your own children? Yeah. And it's just, man, it just kicks in. Yeah. I feel that way about like, and I I knew I would, and it made me so sad that like, like Holly, my dog, is not my DNA. Right. She's a dog. Um, but, you know, she's always been my baby and I've always felt so much love for her that I can just like look at her and start crying because I love her that much. And then I knew that having a baby was going to change that, but I didn't want it to change that. I didn't want. But it did. It was like automatic where it was like, OK. It's not that Holly isn't my baby, but like. I don't know. It just changes things. And, and I think that makes me sad because I think what I realized triggers me the most is anyone ever feeling like abandoned or left out in the cold. You know what I mean? Because I think that's those have been the times in my life when I've been so sad, when I've been the most sad is when I felt like not included or like I wasn't enough or, you know, someone was better than me or whatever. So... 
I think I just am, I don't know. I think I project a lot onto my dog as well, but I think I just, I never want her to feel like left out and at the same, or like she, or like I love anyone more. And at the same time, it's like, there's just another, there's just a different type of bond with you and your child, like your phys- your your literal child. Even though I still see Holly as my child, it's just, you know what I'm saying? It's just, there is definitely something biological that switches on and it's just this, yeah? Well, this is why we can adopt too. We can adopt children. Yeah. We can adopt animals, you know, and they become part of our, our lives. We have the capacity to love beings that are not our flesh and blood. Yeah. It goes into also your blood family versus your chosen family. Yes. You know? Um, well, this has been awesome. Um, thanks for being on the pod today. We went a lot of places. We went, um, you know, I was actually thinking of getting into some of the stories of like when Bill Clinton tried to get you fired and all those <laughs> sensational things. But maybe you'll come back. Yeah, I can always come back and tell you crazy stories <laughs> from huh, back in the day of TV news. <laughs> yeah, I got some good ones, but that would take some time. We will definitely have you back. Um, also, my mom was about this close to coming with us to the retreat that we just announced yesterday, which we have already sold three spots for within like a day. So we have three spots are gone. Twelve spots were available. So now there's only nine spots left. It's first come, first serve basis. Um, so if you guys are wanting to come to our Blooming in the Desert retreat in Joshua Tree, Magical Joshua Tree, uh, it's February 23rd to 26th of next year, so 2023, and it is going to be, um, it's going to be a magical one. So if you don't know about it, you can listen to the episode right before this and hear all about it, or go to our website, uh, innerbloompodcast.com slash, uh, events, or just click on events and retreats from Inner Bloom Podcast. Um, and yeah, you can just fill out a short application. It's literally three questions and two of them are what are your name and phone number. Um, and we'll get on a call, make sure it's the right fit. And yeah, we're really, really excited to be with you all again in person. Mom, anything you want to promote before we leave? Anything I want to promote? Yeah. Hmm. You gave us your, your voice, your time. No, I would just say um, that... Uh, whether you're just making a new recipe for Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner or you're trying something new in your life as we end this year and go into the next, you know, dare on. Just keep doing new things. You know, that's what makes life interesting. Yeah, dare on. Do the new. Do the new. All right, well, I'm going to give my mom a shout-out. If you want to hear about the year that she spent doing something new every single day, you can uh, check out her book. It's called I Dare Me, and uh, it you could also, I think, still check out some of the blog posts. It was a pretty entertaining year. Um, LuannCon.com. Right? Right? That's okay. correct. All right. All right, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Black Friday. Happy just whatever it is that you're doing. Hope that you're enjoying time with your family or just enjoying time by yourself. Um, and we'll talk to you soon. Until next time, keep on blooming. 
If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would leave a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to get in touch for a reading with Ambie, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast.com.